Michigan State basketball is back in our lives, and they are in the win column. 73-55, no sweat win over Northern Arizona. We talk about that game before welcoming Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports on to, hey, pick his brain about what he heard at Mel Tucker's press conference. And yeah, we're still not done talking about Saturday's big win over Illinois. And then, hmm, does he have any Dante Moore insight? Let's find out. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My Spartan friends and Spartan family, it is a joyous day on this Monday night, maybe Tuesday when you're listening. Nonetheless, one of the most exciting yet anxious-filled times uh, for state fans. It's officially that month when Michigan State basketball and football overlap. Uh, Let's just soak it all in while we can, and uh, it's pretty easy to soak it in when your football team has a top 25 road win on Saturday, and then the basketball team chases it with a drama-free win at Breslin Center to kick off the year against Northern Arizona. We will get to that in a hot second, but first, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here show. It's called Locked on Spartans. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and we do this five days a week here in the Locked on Podcast Network. We're talking podcast. We're talking YouTube. Any way you digest this media, hey, thanks for giving us a shot. Now, let's get into the game here a little bit. We're going to spend one segment on this, but hey, on tomorrow's show, we're going to do a full Michigan State basketball kind of season preview and also game preview for Saturday because we're talking with Andy Patton of Locked on College Basketball but also locked on Zags. He does both, so we're going to get to know about Friday's game and just the whole season in general tomorrow. But let's spend the next few minutes on this massive opening night win at Breslin Center. Uh, Like like I said, 73-55, and if you did not pay the $10 to watch this game on Big Ten Network Plus... You didn't really miss much, and no, you're not a fake fan for not paying that $10, uh, because, look, this was never going to be a drama-filled game, but we do have some good takeaways. If you did miss this game, or even if you did watch this game, you just want a little refresher of what happened, Michigan State put Northern Arizona away pretty early. It actually took Northern Arizona 12 minutes to even get into double figures this game. The Lumberjacks started 0 from 11 from three-point land, and uh, the Spartans were led by Joey Hauser, 18 points. Pierre Brooks, the only other Spartan in double figures with 14 points, and yes, Jaden Akins, off that foot surgery, did play today. He was limited to, uh, Izzo said before the game, we're going to try, I don't know, 10, 12, or 15 minutes, and that was just about the window that he got, and he made the most of it. You know, he only played for a few minutes in the first half, but he went into the locker room at halftime with the most shots taken by a Spartan. So he did not skip a beat in being aggressive, which is what we like to see. He didn't have a sterling stat line at the end of the game. We're looking at 3 of 10 shooting, 0 of 3 from 3-point land, but I'm not going to get on his case for his first game action, especially off a foot injury. So there you have it. Akins is back. Probably expect him to play this Friday, and... Knock on wood. The rest of the season, too. Uh, so, yeah, that that, that, that was a big storyline going into today. There are, of course, a lot of other storylines as well. And, well, let's just get into it right here. The first one is A.J. Hogard. And it is no question at all that this is going to be A.J. Hogard's team. Uh, and, hey, we kind of saw 
what it can be with him and what it can be without him on Monday night. And yes, again, we do have to pump the brakes and remind ourselves that this is just a middling Big Sky Conference team that Michigan State did play. But there's an interesting moment in the first half. Uh, A.J. Hogard got himself in early foul trouble, had to leave the game with 12 minutes left in the first half. And in those final 12 minutes, the Lumberjacks and Spartans rode out the end of the first half with a 16-16 tie. That's right. Oh, man, things were looking a little rocky without A.J. Hogard. Um, I say that half sarcastically, half not, because it, it is clear that he does have an impact on the game, You know whether it is... Obviously, your starting point guard, the guy that's stirring this whole drink of the offense. But also, too, no one else on the offense gets to the rim with the ball better than A.J. Hogard. So that also changes the look that the defense sees as well. And when he was back in the game to start the second half, uh, two buckets, you know, two slashing layups, and then a nice assist instantly in the second half. So, look, when A.J. was in the game on Monday night, uh, he, he was fine. You know, we've seen a lot better from A.J. Hogarth. We've also seen a lot worse. I would say it was the epitome of fine, but yes, a little too wound up in this game. He did have two charges, but I'm never going to beat a guy up for being too ramped up to start the season. Would would rather have him be limited in minutes because he's just getting too after it to start the year instead of just you know, being a, a ghost in the corner and no one even notices he's there, so... Yeah, A.J. Hogard made his presence felt, and also, well, you see what could happen when he's not there. So let's let's just try to tone down the fouls a little bit next time around, Mr. Hogard. Uh, look, another big game, too. Another nice takeaway that we saw, Joey Hauser. And everyone remembers the Joey Hauser from last year for two very different reasons. Uh, one, Okay, the Davidson game, where he all but single-handedly won that NCAA tournament game for Michigan State with his 27 points. And the second reason that he was also remembered from last year is, well, all the other games. He was very up and down. We're going to put emphasis on the down there, especially to start the year last season. When he got into December, January 2, it was like, oh boy, this, this is not going well for Joey Hauser. This experiment is not working. But you saw upticks at the end of last year, and look, no uptick was stronger than the game against Davidson, so now you're starting to wonder, which Joey Hauser are we going to see this year? And I know that this is an incredibly small sample size. It was one game. It was against Northern Arizona, but shots were falling. Four from eight from three-point land led the team with 18 points, so yes, if not for nothing else, good for Joey Hauser to get the early confidence going the early boost to hopefully thrust him into a strong start to this year because uh, he, that, that's a kid that could use one. That is a kid that could really use a spot where he left off last season to vault him forward into this year. And goes without saying that us, us Spartan fans could really use that as well. Uh, I also love what I saw from Pierre Brooks as well. And I joked about this talking with people during the game that it, it's as if Pierre Brooks and his scholarship is contingent on shooting once per minute that he plays. This is a fearless kid, a man that is a certified bucket getter, and he knows he is as well. He was the only other Spartan besides Joey Hauser with 14 points, and that was thanks to him coming off the bench and starting four of five from three-point land. Uh, he did end four of seven from three-point land, but hey, like the, those early shots were going. He was starting to feel himself. He had the heat stroke going, so... 
yes, Pierre Brooks, a uh, very exciting bench player. Now, okay, let's let's also say this too, but that's not going to happen every single night. But at least you know that you have a player where you can have a microwave performance like that coming off the bench. It's not like MSU was ever in danger tonight, but with these games, with these grimy Big Ten games that are going to be popping up later this year, Pierre Brooks mentally and tonight physically looked up to the task, so love what we saw from the sophomore in Pierre Brooks. And also, too, I just love the whole makeup of this team. This isn't like an X's and O's thing or anything like that. This is just, I love the way this team is structured, right? Like you have your old experienced players and AJ Hogard, Malik Hall, the, the verbal guys. And we haven't seen Malik Hall be all too verbal in his career so far, but he was tonight. He was verbal to both teams actually. Uh, later in the game, you know, he was coaching up Tyson Walker. It was as if Steven, or I'm sorry, it was as if Tom Izzo was out there coaching the team at times just through Malik Hall's body. But also Malik Hall, verbal to Northern Arizona as well. And I, look, I say what you want about taunting or, you know, John back and forth. I like it, especially from a kid in Malik Hall who has to be a vocal leader of this team. And also, you know, kind of timid at times in the past so yeah that I, I love that dog in him we gotta get some dogs in some people this year um how you like that for some uh, analysis where are my dogs at right there um so again you have older guys too like uh, tyson walker my Sissoko experience as well and then just the young exciting talent Jaden akins jackson kohler had some moments trayvon holloman and you know what? let's just get right into the freshman report here really quick jackson kohler some good flashes in the second half this game was actually very reminiscent of his exhibition against Grand Valley. Kind of, eh, first half. Um, he did get exposed in the double team. Two turnovers when the Lumberjacks collapsed on him, but freshman mistakes, I'm sure those will be buffed out over time, hopefully sooner than later. But, yeah, he got a good amount of run today, showed some really good offensive traits, especially in the second half. And another kid that I'm... I'm already like in love with like I, I'm I would just love to be the president of this kids fan club, Trayvon Holloman. And no, I'm not just a fan of his because he also wears long sleeves when he plays basketball, like myself. Although he does it at a exponentially better job than I do. I yeah. Um, he is a defensive dog on the perimeter. Stands at six foot two, but I swear that wingspan. Looks like it's eight foot two. He he just swallows people on the perimeter and did so too to the tune of two steals in the first half. I don't think there's a kid that's going to be shooting the ball a lot. Although we did see that nice curling layup that he had through traffic in the second half. So yeah, uh, Trayvon Holloman, I'm excited for his prospect in the future. Yes, you know I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes, especially behind Pogard, especially behind Tyson Walker. But hey. We're, we're looking pretty good there. Uh, Carson Cooper only got a few minutes in the first half. Made a free throw. Going to be honest, that's one more free throw I thought we'd see him make the entire season. So there you go. Um, but no, I, nothing but good things to say about today's game. What Was it a perfect game all around? Did they win by 50? No, but like it was as good of a game as you could hope for. And now you look forward to Friday, 6.30 on the aircraft carrier. Going to be a certified hoot. And a half. We're going to get into some football talk here in a hot second with our guy Stephen Brooks. But first, one of my favorite 
Moments of the Week is presented by Nissan. They do the Thrilling Moments segment. This week's Thrilling Moment in College Football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from the Nissan lineup of vehicles are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. And when I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's Thrilling Moment, it has to be that game-icing touchdown, Peyton Thorne to Jaden Reed, absolutely sensational or really let's shout out Cal Halliday really quick too the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week he laid the wood on some hits Xavier Henderson speaking of Lane Wood causing that fumble against Chase Brown so yes I just named a bunch of thrilling moments of the week and they're all presented by Nissan that's right this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today available now at NissanUSA.com also, not only uh, did Michigan State win, but maybe you won if you took Northern Arizona plus 21. That's right. Uh, Michigan State did not cover the spread, and quite frankly, I can't think of a, a, more, a more sinking feeling than having Michigan State minus 21 as Stephen Izzo goes to the line with a one-and-one one shot to really um, – ice this bet for you but hey get them next time and when you do get them betonline.net is where you should do it betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info stats news and analysis get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer that's right world cup fever coming to you soon and oh yeah don't forget esports we've got it all covered at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts well you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're also the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So what on earth are you waiting for? Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action that is at Bet Online, where the game starts. Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports is joining us now on the show. He is fresh out of a riveting Mondays with Mel press conference. Before we get to any of that, though, Steve, let's get a quick five check. Why did I just call you Steve? I've never called you Steve my entire life. But Steve, how you doing? <laughs> never in my life have I called you. I don't know what just came over me, but regardless, how you doing? <laughs> it's good. No, see, that's what I always tell people because people always ask me, do you go by Steve or Steven? I just say whatever's natural. And that was sure. just very natural. It just came out for you. So whatever is easiest on, on the person's on the speaker is, is what I go with. Because I got okay. people that call me both. I do not Perfect. care. Perfect. Obviously, I answer to both. So so that's exactly it's a prime example of what I would say. Just whatever comes out for you is okay with me. So we're all good. Okay. Well, we're, here we are, rocking and rolling. Vibes are high. <laughs> um, not a lot coming out of the press conference with Mel Tucker, but everything that you know, or something that all of us wanted to hear about. The eight suspended players, are we any closer on a timeline with those guys? And the answer was essentially there, there was no news, right? Is that pretty much yeah, what you got yeah. out of that? Yeah, yeah. he said there's no new information that he had, or at least that he was willing to share. Um, you know, frankly, personally, I'm pretty surprised that we don't have anything new now, whether mm -hmm. it's police or Big Ten or whoever, anybody with some authority or some power sure. saying right. something, you know? I mean, it does seem like uh, we would have had something by now, but, I, I mean – We'll get it when we get it, I guess. Honestly, like I, I don't know what's what gears are turning behind the process, but mm -hmm. he didn't have anything for us. Uh, he did say, you know, they'll they'll be ready, prepared to reintegrate guys, sort of on the fly, if they get some type of decision or, or something from somebody. Um, right. You know, if some some of those, if they wanted or were, were willing to bring some of those suspended guys back. Uh, but he also said, you know, like you can just 
show up Friday night and get cleared and play on Saturday, right? Like, sure. Because these guys are not in the building. They're not in meetings. They're not at practice. So he was okay. like, you'd have to be at least around, you know, a little bit to, to jump back back in. I mean, if they got back Wednesday, let's say, and could could reintegrate a little bit, I, I'm sure that's a different story. You could probably get them in there. But like, like, like he was saying, you don't just show up Saturday after missing the whole week and get on the field. So that was basically uh, all that we talked about in that regard today. And I, I'm sorry if I missed it completely, but I, I didn't know it was that much of a suspension either where it's it's goes beyond game day. I didn't know it was like a, you can't even come into the facility sort of suspension. So, yeah, that obviously is a very important detail in this press conference. That, yeah, okay, let's say they do get cleared Friday by whatever power is going to clear these guys. Like, yeah, that's going to – going into a Rutgers game, look, Rutgers isn't Georgia by any stretch of the imagination, but without even watching film or doing anything on them, like that, that would be a tough turnaround, I think. Just to be clear, I, I don't know if I don't think they're like fully locked out of the building because they do gotcha. still. Okay. Uh, when Mel announced the suspensions, he's, he originally said they would still get uh, like medical and a- academic support, I believe. So Got it. Okay. there's still some things they could be in and out of that building for, but they would he originally said, I don't know if this has changed, but I, I don't know why it would. Um, not a lot of practice, not in meetings, uh, obviously gotcha. not traveling or, or attending games or anything. So no. Nothing football related, basically, other than just, you know, if they're getting treatment for their bodies or some academic type of stuff. There was one other note, too, from the press conference that I thought was a little interesting. Um, And that was he was rehashing what happened late in the game on Saturday. And and I hate to beat this horse into the ground, especially after a win. Should be a joyous moment for uh, state slappies like myself. But kind of alarming game management at the end there. Did, he tried to justify it though, saying that they were going for a touchdown. For, I, I, did he make sense to you? What, what he was saying? Like, can you explain this better? Like I'm a five-year-old as to why they did what they did at the end of the game or, or you even lost as well. Yeah. I, I think much like, um, what was it? The Wisconsin game. Yeah. The reg, end of regulation there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm yeah. sure much like that. And then there's been some other times, um, I'm sure if they could redo it, they would do some things differently. But his his main point was that we were trying to score a touchdown to end the game, you know, basically right there that they thought they had an opportunity. So they didn't they didn't want to kick a field goal. Um, okay. And so I, I, look, you can you can disagree for sure. sure. And I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know if I agree with it necessarily. At least the yeah. way they went about it, of course. Um, the overall philosophy, I can buy that. I mean, you're the underdog on the road. You know, they've got everything to play for. You really have much less to play for, you know? So like yeah. in the, for a team in that position, I do kind of understand it, uh, going for, for the win there, but just the way it was executed and now it becomes a pattern, right? Like this is now become, you know, yes. anything can be yeah. a blip, you know, when Jared horse came in, had his first personal foul, you know, you, you brush that off, but now people expect it. When I, when I tweeted that he yeah. wasn't uh, warming up out there instantly, I got uh, two to two, three, four replies saying, well, that just saved us 15 yards, you know? That's a that's a <laughs> reputation that he's earned now. First yeah. time, one time, you can get away with it. Uh, now for this Michigan State staff, though, like they're gonna have to they're gonna have to wear that for a little bit because I think they've earned this. You know, this, these questions, I guess I should say, some on some discomfort. You know, with how they're handling mm-hmm. late game or tight clock situations and whatnot. Uh, Mel spoke sort of generally today too about just like their fourth down and two point philosophies and everything, and just said you know, okay, it's all analytics based, which you know, we hear that a lot these days and sure nobody really knows what the analytics are, you know, where the, where they come from. It's kind of like, uh, I'm doing my I own research, phrase you know, right? uh, yeah. during the pandemic, <laughs> like well, what research, where are you getting your, research? Right. what do what you yes. is out there to read? You know, it's, it's a little similar to that. Cause it's just like, well, analytics, you know, it's, it's the analytics. Just, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's numbers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's equations. 
it's algorithms <laughs> and whatnot. It's like, well, it's AI, you know, it's machine learning. Where, yes. Where, 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 where do they come from? You know, who's actually making these stuff? It's like out uh, of the cloud, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there's, but he did, you know, he said it's all about win probability and uh, conversion probability, you know, different probability success rates. Mm-hmm. And like, if there's this fourth and this much with this much time on the clock, you know, he, he referenced uh, the Washington game where there was a situation where they could have kicked a PAT and got it to, I think, 14, if I'm remembering it right. But they yeah. went to two, didn't get it. Um, he was saying there that that his, you know, uh, well, abacus was saying that <laughs> right. if, if you just kick the PAT, your win probability was like marginally better, um, negligible, essentially. And then if you converted the, the two point, then it, your your probability went up substantially. So that's what that was about. Um so he he got a he went a little more in depth on just sort of big picture, um, not really specific to that finish. But like I said, I think that's the main takeaway though is that people are now concerned about how this staff is handling it. I don't I think there's been a serious loss of trust there, and you just can't. That's going to stick around until they prove them wrong, right? You know, so that every tight game for a while now, the rest of this year, maybe into next year, you know, people are going to be nervous in those situations, rightfully so, I think, because yeah. I don't think they have been uh, managed the best and. For a staff that's getting paid really well, you hope that somebody could figure that out, you know, not repeat things. But that's sort of the reputation right now. It's not doesn't always have to be. Um, and, you know, we'll see if they can fix that moving forward. But it's it's troubling because it's like this season, like I, 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 you can speak to this, but I'm sure a lot of people like they're happy with the win. But it, they've reached a point where it's kind of a throwaway year. Right. But let's say they put sure, it all yeah. together next year or in 2024 or whatever. And they're a mm-hmm. one loss team in Columbus trying to win the east you know and something like this happens and it blows up in their face that's where people i know are probably really concerned so it's like yes let's work out the kinks now maybe and and figure it out while we're a quick lane bowl bound and all that and then sure. when the real stakes are on let's hopefully get it out of our system i think is sort of where people are at I, you nailed it like i talked about it yesterday's show i also talked about it two weeks ago after the wisconsin game that this is kind of a tight rope back because it happened last year against Indiana as well. He's kind of almost threw the game away at the end of that one, but luckily you just were playing Indiana. You could get away with that. Rutgers in the first half last year, there was some clock management issues, but that was, yep, that was one I remember like Wisconsin and what we just saw against Illinois, that that was egregiously bad in my opinion. And right now, like, am I upset? Like, no, I'm just worried. But one day you're not going to face a team like Illinois or a bad Wisconsin team or a bad Indiana team last year. Like one of these times you are going to face an opponent that you just can't do that against and it's going to bite you. And I just don't want to see it because I I don't like being upset. Maybe I'm old fashioned. I I don't like being angry over college sports. Uh, I'm trying to get better as a person and do that less in my later years. But uh, I, I don't know. I just see it happening. If, if like these That's the one silver lining, like I said, is you just got to hope that they're getting all their mistakes out now. And then when, when the program's actually turned <laughs> the corner it. and they've become good again, that, that they've hammered it all out and they, they know exactly how to, how to deal with these situations. Uh, you know, you get some mulligans in a down year like this, I guess, or I don't even know. You wouldn't even call them mulligans, but you know, you just yeah. sort of get your, get it all out of your system now, refine it. And you hope that they improve uh, when the games really matter much more. But look, I don't, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of this, like, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but like that was a really impressive win. Like I know that last very, two, three minutes very. or whatever last possession yes. uh, scarred some people and look rightfully so, as I said, but I mean, man, that was a really impressive win for this program. I thought, you know, yep. uh, spoke to their culture, uh, you know, uh, to, to go down there, all the noise. And they've been saying block out the noise since week one, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, 
if it's, oh, you're going to crush Western, you're, you're 23 point favorites or whatever, you got to block out that noise. If it's, oh, you're going to get your head taken off by Ohio State, got to block out that noise. They're always blocking out noise. This noise right. this week, as you know, I mean, was, was freaking deafening, you know, and I don't Crazy. know. I don't think they really, it was impossible to block out all of it, you know, as, as much as you tried or, or wanted or whatever. Some of that was getting in there. So for these guys yes. to rally, uh, come up with some new stuff, play their tails off, young guys getting in there playing. Um, shorthanded, limited on defense, lost like six, seven, eight more guys mid-game with minor to less minor things. Uh, Just very, very impressive all around, I thought. And also, like, with all this noise going on, it's not like this is going on in the midst of, like, a 5-2 and season or a 6-1 and season. You know, a season that's going pretty well, like, no, like, there's every reason in the world for morale to be down to begin with, and then you add in everything that happened last weekend off the field and the tunnel suspensions, everything like that, like, to, to have the leadership and mental fortitude to come into that game on the road, weird environment, weird stadium to play in, odd elements going on with the weather too. Like that's yeah. uh, well, and don't, never mind. Just an interception, first play of the game too. Like they had every reason to walk into that game mentally broken down, and also too when they started the game just to fold immediately. But they didn't. And there's a lot to be said about both the coaching staff, despite the last minute of the game, and the rest of the team. You know that, yeah. You gotta just do anything that you can to congratulate them, tip your cap, applaud them. Me uh, admit that I was way wrong about the game because I didn't give them a shot. I didn't give them a shot at all that game. When did you start to realize that like they might be able to do this? Like, what what was the moment in the game for you where it's like uh, Spartans are gonna do it today? Like, what? Mm. That's a kickoff. Say, say, say kickoffs. Say, say you knew it the whole time. Come on, I'm setting no, right no, because I, I, I was, I was cascading down that hill like everybody else. So I, yeah. I drove a rental car down there as a Kia Sportage, which is like a, a, you know, a mini SUV type of deal. Sure. And I'm sitting there parked. I actually couldn't get in the stadium yet. I was a little early and I couldn't get my credential. Anyway, um, the wind is just rocking that car. I'm just sitting Great. there swaying <laughs> a little bit. And look, it's not the biggest car, but it's not a tiny sure. car either. And like the trees are bending back and like, I'm just like, Holy crap. These guys aren't going to be able to throw the ball at all. They're going to try to run on the number one run defense in the country. Number one scoring defense in the country. Number one total defense in the country. They can't run on the hundred, you know, number 100 run defense. So I was like, this is going to be bad. (laughs) And then the first play, they tried to get one to Daniel Barker and they just floated up there. It gets picked off. I'm like, Oh gosh, this is going to be bad. And then that, uh, Probably the lower, you know, it just kept getting lower. My confidence, it was especially that the Illinois first touchdown where the guy's just zigging and zagging through the defense, and Amir Speed is just trying to get blocked almost. I mean, 20 yards <laughs> to the end zone, it's it was insane. I was like, oh man, okay, so it was exactly the opposite of how I felt at the end of the game. I was like, oh, these guys are not locked in, they do not want to be here, they don't have gotcha. the effort necessary to pull this off. Um, but then the game unfolded. I don't know if there's a specific point. I mean, when they held them, uh to that, uh, to the uh, when when Illinois went for it on fourth down on the goal line there, and and, and they didn't uh, give up the touchdown. I was like, okay, you know, maybe they got a little fight here. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't one big moment, I guess, for me. Um, like the week, of the the Michigan game, like when uh, Behringer had the they had the bad snap to him, and he went down on like the eight or whatever. I was like, okay, that's the game right there. Other than that, I thought it was pretty much uh, up for grabs up until that point. I don't have a gotcha. good one for you here, uh, to be honest. Um, and it was still, I mean, as we saw, it still could have been, still could have gone either way. And like, there was that one series where they had, they went to Jaden Reed. He had, he touched the ball with one or two hands, grazed it, whatever, three different times in the end zone. Didn't come down with any of them. And I was like, Ooh, yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's, you know, first of all, how often do we see that? I mean, if Jaden Reed 
touches the leather, he's he's getting it most times. Correct. And right. second of all, three times in a row on the same possession in the end zone. I mean, that was uh, and it just I was Not like, oh man, maybe they don't have it today. But uh, I don't know, maybe the trade. I, I don't know. I, I, that's a that's a good question. I really don't have a. a it good... could just be when the clocks hit zeros because especially with how <laughs> squirrely the end of the game was. It's like I, I started to have faith five minutes after the game ended because uh, that was n- nothing can happen now anymore. Yeah, no, nothing screwy can happen mm-hmm. like the. The boys did it, and uh, I can smile on a Saturday again. This is I mean, being honest, it probably fantastic. was Jaden's touchdown later on in the game, in the third, late in the third yeah. quarter. Like it was that late. It wasn't early. Like I'm like, oh, they're going to control this game, and there was back sure. and forth. You know, yep. Illinois threw some punches. They threw some punches, and I got to tone down that metaphor. I, I realize that because I use I use the punch <laughs> and counter punch logic a lot, but this season I'm going to try to put it uh, back in the box for the rest of the way. But yeah, it, it was it was that late, honestly, because and you know that stadium didn't clear out but it was it was a little lesser uh, in the attendance mm-hmm. by the end but uh they they got that momentum back uh they, they they woke up you know late in the game there and it was it was still up for grabs so but but the Jane Reed touchdown was probably like wow they actually are gonna do this yeah and they did and it was great and also the celebration didn't end just end on Saturday as Cal Halliday was named defensive player of the week we went through a lot of players on yesterday's show who I thought had their best performance in a Spartan uniform. I named uh, Jalen Berger was one. Aaron Brule was another one. Amir Speed, I, look, obviously not a perfect season from him, but you got as much as you could possibly ask out of him in that game on Saturday. I thought anyone else that I'm missing have a really good game for Michigan State, maybe the best of their Spartan career. Yeah, anyone that was just glaring. Uh, I liked what Ben Van Sumeren did for the most part. I don't know about okay. best uh, ever, but I mean, I didn't coming in that game. I didn't expect him in there. I thought he was going to have a little bit longer timetable to come back. Gotcha. I was talking to him afterward and he was like, yeah, it was pretty dicey all week in terms of whether he would even be able to make it back. And so against that offense, um, especially in the first half, you know, I thought he flashed quite a few times and made some good plays and run support. Aaron Brule, absolutely. As you said, is a good one. Um mm-hmm. Give a shout out to Brandon Baldwin though. How about that guy? Okay. Stepping in at left tackle, yeah. second career start. And like, I bet a lot of people out there had to remind themselves a couple times mid game, like, oh yeah, that's a, that's not Horst out there. That's another that's another guy. It's a new guy. Over yeah, there. and it's a good thing, obviously. You know, if you're not noticing him a lot, uh, especially as a younger guy, you just kind of want to, you know, exist. You know, not, not hide necessarily, but you don't want to stand out necessarily too much. And yeah. it's it's really hard to to stand out in a positive way, you know, for most folks. But I thought he did really well. I thought he hung in there. Um, I yeah, I, I didn't think it was just that either. I didn't think it was just like holding on for dear life, just come on, Baldwin, get through this play. You know, yeah. I didn't think it was that at all. I thought he was playing well. I thought he looked like he belonged out there. He, he, he meshed with the rest of the unit, looked like a starter, played like a starter, and held down the spot. wasn't a weakness on that line at all, which, again, I'll tip my cap again, that the line, I think, played as a unit one of their best games of the season, um, no doubt. When you look at the rushing production, just mm-hmm. how they were able to stay in character, stay uh, on schedule and whatnot for the most part, um, there was a couple couple segments where it got a little dicey. I know when once Matt Carrick went out, they had some pass protection issues and gave up a little bit of pressure and whatnot. I thought Geno Vandermark had a couple decent uh, moments in there. It still looks like a really promising guy for the, for sort of this next generation of offensive yeah. linemen that are going to come through here. So those guys, I mean, they don't win that game without those guys playing the way they did. Absolutely. And then D-line played really well as well. Um, I thought it was funny. Just watching them warm I mean, we all know they had, you know, two and a half defensive ends or whatever, you know, available in that game. I was watching them warm up and I was like, hmm, are they really going to put right. you know, Mallory and Hunt out there on the outside? And sure enough, they did. And it's, I don't know if it's, I don't, you know, you, you can, you can paint it whatever way. Cause it's like, uh, 
was that just what the best of what they had left, you know, or was it a genius coaching move that they came up with? Did they stumble right. into this or did they cook this up and say, oh, this is going to work perfectly? If, you, if you're Scotty Hazleton in the crew, you say, oh, yeah, we, we, we've been thinking about this all week. Yeah, it was, it was we, we drew it up. We mocked it up. It looked great. And, and sure enough, it worked. Uh, and if you're if you're on the other side, you might say you just stumbled into the smartest thing you guys might have done all season, you know, and, and just by circumstances, because they wouldn't have done that. I guarantee they wouldn't have done that if they had all their defensive ends available. I, I Hard to believe. That. Yeah. Of course, it makes sense on yeah. paper. You know, you, you fight beef with beef and power on power and everything. Um, it makes sense totally, and it worked, and, and you give them the credit. But it's just funny because, like, I guarantee that wouldn't have been their starting front uh, <laughs> with their full complement of players. So just kind of a funny deal there. But, hey, they did it. And also defensively, I thought they were probably more diverse, you know, in, in okay. a lot of things that they did than maybe any other game this year. Um, you saw uh, there we saw three safeties out there at different points with yeah. uh, Brooks, Henderson, and Spencer, or 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 Henderson, Spencer, and Mangum. So uh, I think they were. Um, and Mel Tucker talked about that a little bit after. Is that they did and uh, Xavier Henderson, you know, just that they they have progressed defensively in terms of their understanding of things and just the the depth of their uh of their scheme you know that they can do more things than they were doing in september and even october gotcha and you know but before you go and actually this this question might cause you to hang up and i would totally understand um Um, got my mouse over the exit button let's go i don't blame you for it because we got a recruiting tidbit i just need to get to really quick 24 7 sports your um compatriot uh, Sean Share put a crystal ball in for five-star Dante Moore commit to Oregon right now to commit to Michigan State you put a confidence in of seven that caused a little bit of a seismic shift on on Twitter sorry um, about that first and foremost yeah. second of all your other co-worker Justin Sin great friend of the program said he is very mm-hmm. far away from switching his crystal ball to Oregon to Michigan State so we're at two ends here I don't need you to talk for Sean or Justin. I just want to know what you think right now because you you know you still have a crystal ball logged in for Dante Moore to go to Oregon, stick to that commitment. Are, are are you still very far away from changing a prediction like that, or is there really actually any smoke to this right now that you are hearing? Um, just just, just a little quick Dante Moore tidbit on on your way out, and thanks for not hanging up too. By sure. the way, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I, I can I can still leave. Um, yeah, thank you for just saying. <laughs> What you said, because I was gonna say I, I can't speak for Sean. Like that's his, of course, his, right. his reporting or his gut or whatever his his deal with his ball. And then uh, Justin has his deal. You know, yep. as he explained and where he's at. So I don't want to, you know, uh, speak for either of those guys. For me, mm-hmm. though, as you said, uh, it's it's a it's a deal where I know Michigan State's going to try, and I think that's all sure. really where we are right now. Okay. Now, and they have been trying, I should say. Um, wasn't always the case over the over the summer and everything, but you know, recently, I don't know when it sort of try to re-engage fully, but um, that's that's basically the case. Michigan State it wants to push hard for him and is going to uh, going to put a, put in a maximum effort to try to land him. You know, maybe – where do I feel about it? Traditionally, I always say, like, Detroit kids, like, rarely leave the nest, you know, and even sure. if they do, they always come back, it seems like. Um, and that's just from from covering this, from knowing people, from observing, like, specifically that city it seems like yeah i know for a lot of people it's hard to leave home and go far away but it seems like detroit specifically guys just don't leave there and if they do Mm -hmm. they come right back um that's one thing where i think i'd feel positive about it if i'm michigan state is just playing that angle and then you know you hear things about nil and oregon and, and all that they have to offer that has to be said 
right. right now as we stand, I mean, with Auburn's job being open and, and Dan Lanning has been rumored to go over there and uh, Kenny Dillingham, their offensive coordinator, is, is a hot name at, yeah. at, at, across, you know, either as a coordinator, maybe as an up-and-coming young head coach at, at a G5 level. So maybe there's some um, instability there that could open some things up. I mean, th- that relationship goes back far. They Dante knows that Mel and Jay Johnson and all those guys very, very well. He's been over there tons of times. And that's, yep. that even goes well, you know, back to like 2020. Right when Mel got the job, he was a guy that he made sure to know and uh, to put on the radar and everything. Right now, I don't think it's much more than that. It's 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 Michigan State putting him on their wish list. I don't know how much has been reciprocated. Okay. I'm sure he's listening to a degree, but at this point, it's still just sort of um, hopes and dreams by Michigan State. I would say, They're, again, they are going to push, and we'll see what they can do. Um, you know, the way this offense has looked this year, I don't know what sort of your pitch would be other than just staying close to home, and maybe they can throw him some some nil inducements and whatnot. You know, not them, yeah. but. They can present some, um, of course, some NIL yeah. opportunities. You know that that might be available for a player such as him. So that's kind of my read on it right now. Is I don't think there's anything too. I know there's not anything too imminent, um, and that's just kind of the case. I, well, we kind of got to see. And he's in the middle of a bit of a playoff run right now too. I should say. Right. So I don't know how yeah. much of this stuff he's even worried about at this time. Um, you know, Detroit King, I believe, is in the final eight uh, for for the Michigan high school playoff season. So and they'll they'll be a favorite to, to go win it. So. That's really, I think, where it stands right now. It's like Michigan State is pushing that idea that they're in it and that they just really, really want him. I don't know how realistic it is or how much of it is a two-way street right now. But uh, they definitely want him, and they're making that known. For sure. And also, too, like, uh, you know, Cher puts this crystal ball in, and I think within 48 hours prior, Matt Ishbia's United United Wholesale Mortgage is named the number one lender in the country. So I'm thinking, oh, did he get himself a little – Five-star quarterback as a as a congratulation gift to himself. Oh, okay, but uh, all right. So nothing imminent. All right, I'll I'll try to be uh, mature about that. Then it won't yeah. happen, but I'll try. I, I can promise you uh, my veiled effort right here. So we'll see. I mean, I think the staff still has a couple tricks up their sleeve recruiting wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the biggest, you know. Um, and like I said, yeah. I think just today, right now, I think it's mostly uh, on the MSU wish list sort of things more than like a. Dante's, you know, put considering a flip. I wouldn't say sure. that yet, but I think it's more of a Michigan State really wants him. Is going to put it all, uh, put as much as they can into um, into getting him. We'll see. We'll see. Well, there you go. Well, hey, thanks a lot for sticking around to answer that tidbit. I know that has um, definitely been the talk of the town on the internet streets. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for all that information and everything else that you offer to the show on a weekly basis, Steve. Steve, I did it again. <laughs> Am I going to just do this for now? Yeah. Like what, what am I gonna do? Like next yeah. week, am I gonna be like, all right, hey, what's up, wow. big big Brooks, or like, what's up, big ass? Big, like, yeah, what, yeah, what's up? Just, that's what it's got to be now. Wow, it's <laughs> that was great. Wow, I, I was swore you playing that out, but I on no. video here, I'm watching you. It was pretty, it was pretty uh, natural and seamless there. That's great. No, no, known you for about a decade, and I don't. This is the first time I've hit you with Steve, <laughs> right. and I've done it twice already. This is just, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm gonna go check myself out here really quick. I'll uh, see if everything's okay. <laughs> But okay, well, anyway, nonetheless, Steve, thanks a lot for dropping by. <laughs> You're you got it, buddy. You got it, sport. Until <laughs> <laughs> next time, uh, we will be back on tomorrow's show. You guys already know this. Love you all. Go green. And I love right, you too, Tiger. Steve. Lo- love you too, Steve. That's <laughs>